Look at John chapter 13. There's this story. It's what we call the Last Supper. And, and uh, I want you to kind of picture in your mind just the, 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 the room there, the environment, the feeling of what's going on in this room. The Bible says in verse 1, John chapter th uh, 13, verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and lay aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel. Therewith he was girded. Now, let's get into that room. The disciples are there. Jesus is there. There has to be some tension in that room. Uh, you know, not from Jesus, but Judas. He knows he's got an ulterior motive, and he knows that he is about to betray the Son of Christ, the Son of God. And, and he's probably looking at him like, when do I do it? Can he read my mind? I mean, if, you know, if he's Christ, if he's God, you know, can, does he know my, my next move? It had to be a little tense in that room. And I believe the Lord knowing. You would think now you're at, a, you're at a supper table, right? And you know how it is when you eat supper. It gets quiet because people are eating. That's the best time of camp, lunchtime. <laughs> it's the only time the kids are quiet because they start eating. And so usually when you're eating, you're not talking with a mouthful of food. And it gets quiet. Then you make small conversation. gets quiet. Then you make small conversation. And such was the case probably in this room. And finally, Jesus gets up, and they're looking at him like, what are you doing? And he grabs the towel, and he girds himself, and he, and he uh, is going to wash their feet. Now, why wouldn't you wash the feet before we walked into the room? Why not follow custom and, and, and wa uh, wash the feet before you go in there, after you've come the long way and you've got dust and dirt on you, why do you have dinner? And I mean, who in the right mind wants to wash feet after you finish eating? That's, that's unusual. And, and he does. And uh, then Peter and him get into this little uh, conversation, dialogue. I think Peter liked to argue. Peter, was, Peter just always had something to say and always had, you know, uh, another way. And let's, let's see what Peter says. If you'll go to um, verse 6, then cometh he to Simon, Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, Thou hast no part with me. Now, granted, I'm not going to get into all of it, but a lot of the, the words there and the symbolism has to do with salvation and atonement. And, but Peter says, you're, you're not washing my feet. And so we're in this room. It's probably a little tense on Judas' part. And uh, the disciples are looking at Jesus like, what are you doing and why are you doing that now? Peter, knowing that he's probably next, says, wait a minute, you are not going to wash my feet. And Jesus uh, goes in and tells him how uh, that he must and, and so on. And so in here we see 
the Lord Jesus Christ serving. If you look at verse 1, this is really interesting. If you go to to verse 1, it says at the end of verse 1, he loved them unto the end. And not only did he love them unto the end, he served them unto the end. And uh, that's a great lesson there. He not only loved them to the end, he served them to the end. We live in a a selfish society. Churches must beg, must beg people to help. Churches must beg people to show up. Churches must beg people to do that which they can do. Too many churches uh, and ministries are in debt because they have to hire out or they have to look for somebody to do what very qualified people within a church can do. Now, I don't like the word volunteer because I believe that we as Christians that have been saved and have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not volunteers, we're debtors. We're debtors. I am debtor to the gospel. I'm a debtor to First Baptist. I'm a debtor to the bus ministry. I'm I'm a debtor to City Baptist. I'm a debtor to House Anderson. Maybe if you look differently at why you serve and how you serve, it wouldn't be from a volunteer point of view where I am volunteering because you need me instead of it be from a debtor point of view that it says, I serve because I am so thankful. I think even in churches, we get this, this corporate business mindset that somehow says, I'm doing for you. I'm doing for you. And we serve in a church. By the way, it's not our church. It's not my church. Brother Lapina's not Brother Wilkerson's. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And so what you do unto him or when you do unto others, you do unto him. I want to talk to you a little tonight about serving. Because I'm a selfish person. I want to serve me above anybody else. I want to be the first one in line. I want to be the first one to get somewhere. And in this, there's three simple lessons about serving that I want to encourage you and I want to help you with. The first one I want you to see was that the timing was unusual. He is washing feet after they eat. That doesn't sound very appealing. If we just finished eating a good bus kid dinner of hot Cheetos and Arizona tea, amen? And and I said, okay, guys, I'm going to wash your feet. I don't know about that, but you, you get into somebody's crusty toes. Somebody's crusty, ashy feet. Some of y'all saying, amen, I know somebody like that. Uh, and you know, that's not very appealing. That would probably gross most of you out, especially if you're in the Middle East, especially if you're in an area where there's a lot of dust and a lot of sand, especially if you're in an area that is, that is maybe not as, as uh, you got the pavement like you do here, the sidewalks like you do here. The timing was unusual. And let me say this. Let me ask you a question. Is helping others an inconvenience for you Or is it an investment? Is it an inconvenience or is it an investment? Because if you're looking for a convenient time to help somebody, I guarantee you it will seldom come. Usually people die in the middle of the night and the pastor gets called. Oh, you hate those 2 a.m. calls, right? You know, usually people need something right away. 
you know, you know, an emergency room happened like just now. I got to get there now. And it inconveniences. Now, I feel like we could serve more and we could love more if we would allow ourselves to be inconvenienced. It's inconvenient to drive a bus. It's inconvenient to get up late or get up early and stay up late. It's inconvenient. But it all depends on how you look at it. Do you look at serving as being a volunteer or being a debtor? Do you look at serving as being an inconvenience or an investment? Or as an investment? You know, I, I, I love our young people. I love to serve our young people. And sometimes they break my heart. And even when they break my heart, I, I, I still serve them. I, I, I stay very connected with our graduates. I have a big pool of our graduates, they're all over the world. Talked to one this morning, one of our young men in the military that's in Poland and texted him this morning. He's deployed in Poland. But you know, you got to get to the place where you're saying, this is an investment for me. It's an investment. It's something that I'm going to do. And, and not for show. And not so somebody could say, good job, buddy. <laughs> because you do it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when your motive is right, you know what? You want to serve more. By the way, I heard a man say this. He said, uh, they were asking a man who had been a, um, a para not paraplegic, he had been a quadriplegic. And they had, were able to, to suit him up in this bionic outfit. The bionic outfit, I think, was about $12 million just up here in Chicago at the Orion Ability Lab there. And this man would get into this $12 million suit every day, and he'd walk and walk and walk. They asked him, they said, um, why are you walking so much? Why are you using that machine so much? Why are you moving so much? He said, because I can. You know why you ought to serve? Because you can. You know why you ought to walk? Because you can. You know why you ought to do things? Because others can. There's people that want to be here tonight, but they've already gone to a place where their mind or their body is weak, and they can't. And if you can, you know why you ought to do it? Because you can because you can't. Do you look at serving as an inconvenience or an investment? Do you view you as a servant? Do you view yourself as a volunteer or as a debtor? I want you to look at a uh, second thing. I said the first thing, the timing was unusual. The second thing I want you uh, to know is that the act of service left them uncomfortable. Go to uh, John 13, 8. Here's Peter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. The act of washing somebody's feet left them uncomfortable. I think if we were in church tonight and Brother Eddie busted out with a basin and Brother Eddie girded himself with a towel and said, Brother Ricky, take your shoes off. I'm like, no, you're not touching me, you filthy animal. No, no. I, no, that'd be very unusual. If I had all the men say, okay, guys, take all your shoes off and take your socks off and we're going to wash your feet. 
No, that'd be unusual. Brother Eddie, I'd power spray you. But, uh, but <laughs> why? And that, it, was, it was a act of service that was uncomfortable. And you know, serving people gets uncomfortable. Let me ask you this. If you can give or serve comfortably, you probably have never truly served. It's inconvenient. 28, 29 years ago, I was at uh, City Baptist, and um, I got a group of boys, three boys. All those boys are now in their 40s. And, uh, and I said, hey, let's go soul winning after school. So I loaded up a car, my car, and went from three to five. And, and then uh, more wanted to come, and then went from a car to a van. Then we had 12, 15. And then it went from the van, it went to a bus, and so then it went to 40, and then it went to a bus and a shuttle and a van. And, and uh, so now we had multitude of kids. That was a long time ago, and we still do that. Man, but I, I, I guarantee you there's many a Wednesday night when I'm pulling back to the church at midnight thinking to myself, man, I'd like to be in bed tonight. But I'm making an investment. And it's inconvenient. And it's not comfortable. And it never will be. Do you ever think about your pastor and how many events he goes to? He's a gifted man. I usually go to a party, eat, and get away from the people. Amen? And this man's going to party. You know, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. And that's why he's our pastor. You ever think of how many times we impose on our pastor and he willingly and lovingly says yes? I'm thinking, does that man ever sleep? He went on vacation, texted me at three in the morning. I'm like, brother, no respect. I, I sleep three hours a night and you're going to mess up <laughs> my sleep. Do you ever think about the inconvenience sometimes that that we impose on our pastor and yet he willingly and lovingly and doesn't complain and he does it? He's getting back from the Dominican Republic and aboard a flight. He's going to go way to the, to the West Coast. He's going to go out on the, on the road for a week. And by the way, you know why he does it? Because he can. And it's uncomfortable. If you can give or serve comfortably, then... Maybe you've never truly given or served. We have a lot of needs here in our church. We have youth conference. Man, youth conference, we sit around. We sat in a meeting the other day, I don't know, maybe two hours, and it was just nothing but duties. Who does this? Who does that? Who does this? And it was just nonstop, name after name after name after name. I, I remember... When we were done with the meeting, pastor <laughs> looked at us and said, hey, that was arduous, but I'm glad it's over with. He said, it, it, it's a lot. And so I, I believe that sometimes we say, well, I'll, I serve, I'll serve when I have time, or you know, I'll serve if I can. can. Can I just tell you something, just as a ministry leader here, that one word I never want to hear, maybe. Maybe. I'm not chiding you. I'm simply saying to me, it kind of irks me a little bit when people say, I say, hey, could, could you do this? And they're like, maybe. 
Oh, the Bible says, let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. Just tell me no. Amen? Just tell me no. Maybe. I don't know who that is. But whoever it is, I don't like her. Maybe. Sounds feminine. Maybe. Anyhow. Then number three. So I want you to look at how you serve. Do you serve from the vantage point of a volunteer or from a debtor? I want you to look at it. Is it an inconvenience or is it an investment? I want you to think of your acts of service and your acts of giving and volunteering and so on like that. Does it make you uncomfortable? Or can you willingly do it? I think of the woman in the Gospels who gave the might, that made her uncomfortable. Because she gave all she had. And by the way, the people watching her, it made them uncomfortable too. Because they're like, is that all she's going to give? It made her uncomfortable because she was maybe a little shameful about this is all I have. And in the crowd around her was... <laughs> Is that all you're going to give? Is that all you're going to give? And then the last thing, the people were undeserving. He's about to wash the feet of the disciple that's going to betray him. The people were undeserving. We have a lot of undeserving people. You let Christ decide who's undeserving. When I was a kid, I, I used to uh, mock and make fun of homeless people and, <clears throat> you know, would see them and use phrases like crackheads or drunk or whatever. As I got older, I began to speak to more of them. Man, I found intelligent people. I found qualified people. I found uh, just intelligent people that were in the business world or that were, you know, that were somebody. I, I remember one time up in Chicago, there was this middle-aged uh, black man and I stopped him. His name was George and I witnessed to him and he said, you know, he, he said, I need, I need something. He needed and, uh, money or something. And I said, well, let me get you to a mission. And I got him in my car and I took him to the mission. And, and I said, I said, George, tell me your story. He said, well, I was an accountant for the General Services Administration in Washington, D.C. He said, I, I began doing drugs, heroin. And he said, I lost my family. And he said, I, I lost everything. I came to Chicago because I had a sister in Chicago. And I went back to using and she threw me out. And here I am in the streets. And he went to the PGM. I saw George a couple of years later and he was clean. He was working at PGM. He was one of their male counselors there. And I remember how many times the Lord's broken my heart about the fact that whenever you see that person that you think is undeserving, they have something called a birth date. And they were born someday, and most of them when they were born, somebody was joyed that they were born. And when they were born, somebody sent news out that they were born. For the most part, there may have been one or two that were maybe adopted or abandoned, but for the most part, they were somebody's joy one day. And because of sin, 
that person became, in our eyes, undeserving. You let Christ decide who's undeserving. Because the people were undeserving. Uh, go to John 13, 21. John 13, 21. I'm going to wrap it up here soon, but John 13, 21. <clears throat> when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. He knew. He says, when you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. John 13, 34, he goes on to say, he says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So church family tonight, I want to encourage you to serve. You say, well, I mean, this is Wednesday night. These are the these are the people that do it all, right? You need to preach this sermon on Sunday morning and get all those Sunday morning-only people and get them involved. You know, somebody, I stunned Brother Eddie, I said, yeah, this is a, an old sermon. You know, and sometimes people say, you shouldn't preach an old sermon. And I say, but I got new people. So it could be an old sermon, but I got new people. And, uh, but we need to serve. We need to change our mindset about serving. I'm a debtor. I owe so much to this place, but I owe so much more to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to serve, and I'm not going to be foolish. And I'm not going to, you know, become financially bankrupt and so on like that, but I want to serve. Why? Because I can because I can. I want to drive a bus. Why? Because I can. I want to help a youth conference. Why? Because I can. I want to help in the nursery. Why? Because I can. I want to help with children. Why? Because I can. I think of all this right here, I see the Lord Jesus Christ loving to the end, serving to the end. But I see the Lord Jesus Christ teaching us one thing. Listen. Serve unconditionally. Serve in love. And serve so that he can get the glory. So it doesn't matter. No one's ever going to see me clean the building until you have that young couple or a couple comes in and they sit in a row and there's a spill. And they leave, just like you go to a hotel, right? You could go to the nicest hotels. I've, I've been there. And, you know, something's not clean exactly the way you like it, and you leave a review. What's the big deal if the bathrooms are clean? Well, let a visitor come in and have the bathrooms not be so tidy. Just like when you go to your favorite restaurant. You know, I, I'm a, uh, I tell on toilets, man. If I go into a restaurant and it's not, I'll go and say, hey, your bathroom needs attention. But it does matter. We ought to serve. We ought to become debtors, not volunteers. We should look at it as, as an investment. And through all of it, it ought to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask constantly for volunteers. We ask constantly. By the way, Brother Eddie didn't ask me to preach this. Pastor, I was just praying 
And then there's just something that the Lord laid on my heart. And it's not because I need help. I, I need help. I need help and money. Come help me. But uh, it's not that. It's because I really have learned in my life that, number one, I'm a horrible servant. That so many times when I've served, I've served with the wrong motive. And so many times in my life, I have decided who is deserving of being served. And when I read John 13, the Lord Jesus Christ just smacks all those thoughts and ideas away. Let's serve. Let's make it an investment. Let's glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer, please?